before that great awesome day comes that we all look forward and eagerly anticipate. And his words are so profound that we experience today in our lives. The Heishiv Lev Avos Albanim, and he will inspire and return the souls of the parents to the children. We see so much of that in our community, where children are teaching their parents and grandparents, inspiring and positively influencing them to return, to get involved, to become connected with their Yiddishkeit. This is something that previous generations have not seen so much of, but our generation is privileged to see it. So many today are inspiring the children, inspiring the adults to get involved, to learn, to know, and to be educated, and to be more involved and observant in their Yiddishkeit. This is something we are actively seeing in today's day and age. I recall as a child attending the Farbrengen's gatherings or Sikha's talks where the Rebbe would speak to us and the Rebbe would remind and encourage each of us that we have to do what we can to prepare for the redemption. In fact, this Shabbos will mark 30 years since a very famous talk where he spoke and said, I did all I can to make this a reality. And he told us, he encouraged us to open our eyes to this reality to prepare ourselves for this event, not just to anticipate redemption, but to precipitate, to make it part of our lives. 30 years ago, in October of 1991, a CNN reporter came by, asked the Rebbe what his message to the world about Mashiach was. And he responded that Mashiach is ready to come now. It's only on our part to do something additional in the realm of goodness and kindness. There's so much to look forward to. But what is it? We cry, we commemorate the past. And that's important. If we forget and neglect the past, we will never be able to prevent it from happening again. But as much as we reflect on the past, this is also a time to look forward to the future. And there is a lot to discover about this already dawning future. And many people ask questions. I get questions all the time. But answers, answers that, I gotta say, sometimes are a little bit short or perhaps confusing. People ask, what's the redemption all about? Is it even realistic? To believe that it will happen anytime soon. Why do we need it? And is it indeed a Jewish belief? Doesn't it sound more Christian? So what I would like to offer you, my dear listeners here on Soul to Soul, here on Chai FM, is that please God, over the coming weeks, we are going to delve deep into trying to understand, to uncover and learn what Jewish sources from the Mishnah and the Talmud and before that in Tanakh and the Torah tells us about the redemption. And we'll try to go through the depths of Jewish scholarship and tradition from throughout the ages and to understand the various perspectives and aspects. And of course, we look forward to experience it in our own lives. 
So my dear friends, I invite you today to join me in this quest where we will take a deeper look. And what I hope this will encourage each of us is to share this with our families and to spread the good news that indeed there are better times to come. I feel it already. Just look at the latest COVID reports. And we know we're already living in better times right here, right now. And please, God, we'll experience only good times from today onward going forward. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to Soul to Soul right here at 101.9 Hi FM. And as we said, what we're going to be doing here over the next couple of weeks, and you can join us live, please God, starting on Wednesdays in two weeks' time, where we're going to be having a brand new course exploring the future redemption. And certainly, we don't want this to just be pie in the sky. We want this to become a reality in our own lives. You know, we Jews have many beliefs. We believe that God created the world in six days and God rested on the seventh Shabbos. We believe that the land of Israel is the most sacred parcel of the land on earth. And of course, with all these beliefs and so many others, there are important components of the Jewish doctrine. But these are only some of our beliefs. If you study Maimonides, Maimonides gives us 13 fundamental Jewish principles of our basic beliefs. And two of them are all about the ultimate redemption, the coming of Mashiach, the resurrection of the dead. So it's important for us not only to reflect and commemorate now the past, the tragedies that have occurred, but also to look forward, to think about what a future world will look like. Now, today, with everything going on in our world, one wonders, are we living in the best of times or the worst of times? Are we heading in the right direction or in the wrong direction? So I want you to just take a moment and to just think, how would you rate the world we live in today? How would you compare it to 5, 10, 15, 50 years ago? Have conditions generally improved or deteriorated? And think about it. Are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future? What direction are we heading? Now, a lot of people think that life used to be better than it is today. You know that song we used to think, sing? Those were the days, my friend, we thought they'd never end. Yeah, they think our parents had it better than us. Well, I don't think my parents had it better than us, truth be told. Although my father's seen much more of the world than I have, but from the 1930s in Russia running from one persecution after another, trying to make it to the land of Israel on the Exodus ship after struggling in DP camps such as Bergen-Belsen and experiencing the war and post-war persecution and anti-Semitism, point blank. And all the other horrors and the difficulties in a new state of Israel trying to get on its feet trying to get off the ground. Those were difficult days. Yet, I thought life was pretty good in the 80s, 90s, and during the new millennia. 
And to tell you the truth, although we had a difficult, challenging year, I don't think it's so bad today. But I do recall in the 90s, there was an interesting article that read, let me just quickly pick it up. Here we go. It's from the Boston Globe. It says, we seem to be in an era of rapid change, increasing instability and security and danger. The Indian life was a difficult one. The winters were harsh. People died. But there were no employment problems. Community harmony was strong. Substance abuse was unknown. Crime nearly non-existent. I could keep on reading. The point is, here you have a nostalgic writer going back to some time ago when life was much better. Well, I guess it depends on your perspective. And many people ask these questions. Which direction are we going? Is life getting better or worse? I saw a survey question very recently. The question was, in the last 20 years, has the proportion of the world population living in extreme poverty decreased, increased, or remained the same? What do you know? And many, a lot of the respondents believed that the number of people in poverty around the world has actually increased. And there were various other questions that I'm not going to go into all of them, but they talked about crime. Is crime becoming more or less common? Think about right here in Joburg. This week alone, I've heard of a few very dangerous incidents that happened right here where members of our own community were sadly badly affected. And it sadly seems that many people don't believe things will improve. So many, so many surveys indicate this. And thank God many Jews are moving to Israel. But what does that say about our community left here in South Africa? How we contend with the reality of today. There's clearly a widespread sentiment that things today are a lot worse than when they were in the good old days. That far from the best of times, we might be living, as some might see it, in the worst of times. And I certainly feel, obviously, that this has been exacerbated very much by COVID, by the pandemic. And certainly it's ravaged communities around the globe. There's no doubt about that. It wreaked havoc on social life, on on the economy, and uh, it certainly has claimed officially close to three million lives. But we know that there's been a lot more people affected, and if not directly by contracting the virus, many others were affected indirectly by the virus. I've seen suicides. I've seen depression. I've been to more funerals this year than many years in the past. So what are the consequences of this whole affair? Certainly, I read an article this morning that was talking about the PTSD, the anxiety, the stress, the hopelessness that so many people have experienced from this whole pandemic. 
the negative emotions that so many people, normal, regular people, are feeling just lousy. It has really adversely impacted so many important areas of our life. And it's hindered people's discipline and success, people's health, so many other aspects of life. What's interesting is, in Tanya, it discusses in chapter 26, that if we believe that the world is actually getting worse, then we're less motivated to improve the conditions. Because this world is anyways going in direct. We think that we're powerless to make any difference. And of course, this results in a vicious cycle where conditions continue to worsen and unfortunately that dampens people's enthusiasm. It hinders people's appetite to, to be proactively improving the world around them. But at the same time, we also don't want to be naive. If things are really bad, do we want to ignore it? Or we, we obviously can't. Right? We don't want that the bliss that's a byproduct of ignorance. So many people believe that the world is spiraling out of control. But that in itself doesn't actually prove that that's the case. Many people believe that the Great Wall of China is invisible from space to the naked eye. Many people believe that if a penny falls from, what's that big building down, the, the new building, the Leonardo, and tallest building here, when I was growing up, the Empire State Building, that if any falls, it could kill a pedestrian. Or that bats are blind. But these are assumptions. And you know what assumption spells, right? Many assumptions are simply not true. So what is the truth? Is the present really worse than the past? By the way, I'd like to change that song. It's not those were the days. It really is these are the days, my friends. Make sure they never end. That's the truth. These are the days. Make the most of every moment that we have. This is the name of our show right here, Carpe Diem. So, is it really worse than the past? Is the state of the world really declining? Personally, as one has already been vaccinated, thank God, I feel that we're heading in a good direction. So, what I'd like to just try to focus is on the facts. Unlike the popular pessimism, the Torah sees civilization as actually marching toward a radically better destiny. The redemption, the future will not be a sudden transition from complete darkness to light overnight. But as we approach the era of redemption, we notice changes in the world that are in line with all the prophetic, messianic prophecies. So let's take a moment. Let's look at some of the data out there. Let's see how hiding in plain sight many of those prophecies are indeed 
beginning to materialize in our own lives, in our, our lifetime. And if we just focus on it, I oftentimes do this experiment with groups when I'm teaching. People look at a, uh, they look at a white, plain, blank piece of paper and I ask them what they see. And some people often only notice a speck of dust that's on it. That's a very pessimistic approach. Others, thankfully, notice the bright side. And that's something we need to look at. Our sages tell us, you know, there's a halacha that says that on a Friday, before the onset of Shabbos, we are meant to get a taste of all the delectable gastronomic delights that Shabbos offers us. Well, the Messianic era is known as the seventh millennium. That's the cosmic Shabbos. And before Shabbos, we need a foretaste. We need a foretaste of the Shabbos delicacies. And so today, perhaps, we are getting that foretaste. Even before the redemption arrives, there's improvement of the world's condition in so many ways. Now, yes, of course, you might notice struggles, challenges, problems, setbacks, all types of unfortunate situations. Well, the Gemara actually tells us in Tractate Sota that many people are studying these days between Pesach and Shavuos, that some conditions of the world will deteriorate at the end of Galus, close to the time of Mashiach's arrival. The Gemara says this. And among some of those things, the Gemara says that chutzpah will, arise, will rise. You know what chutzpah is? What's a good word for it? Not just audacity. There's another word for it. Skips my mind. The cost of living will increase. Have you seen inflation these days? That the superpower will turn to heresy. I'm not going to get involved in world politics these days, but I'm sure some might have something to say about that. And children rebelling against their parents. Now, obviously, that seems to be in line with what the Gemara says. During Gullus, the curse of each day is worse than that of the previous day. So one second. How does that fit with what the Talmud is saying? That redemption is upon us? Well, we'll learn more and on a deeper level in fact, the Rebbe explained on several occasions that the negative predictions are also positive, if you could find the positivity in them. For example, the increased chutzpah could be a reference to what we see. Yes, children might be rebelling, maybe rebelling against the ways of their ancestors. And indeed, many parents are taking great pleasure in their children getting more involved with Yiddishkeit today as we read the prophet of Malachi earlier, the Heishiv Leiv Abbas Abanim, the Leiv Banim Alabosam, that the children are influencing and inspiring their parents to what the parents perhaps previously, for whatever reasons during the previous generation, were not able to experience for whatever reasons those times were more challenging, those times gave, were more difficult to be engaged. So, considering that we see the various societal changes happening in our times. We'll talk more about that when we're back. 
Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. And welcome back to Soul to Soul, right here on 101.9 Chi FM. We've been talking about seeing the redemption as a reality in our life here and now in our lifetime. And we discussed how we're already seeing so much of, of positivity, of changes in the world in the right direction, how society is changing. And what I'd like to spend the remaining time in the coming days, well, today and hopefully in the coming weeks, is to talk about how I think, indeed, we live in the best of times. In many, many ways, the best of times ever. And please, God, will experience the future redemption in our lifetime. Let's focus on the present. I'm not only saying that today's better than, I don't know, 500 years ago, right? Back then, it was the Dark Ages, and uh, many people were dying from the dark Black Death. Okay? That, that's not what I mean. We, we all obviously know we live a much better time than that. But I would like to share with you that the world is better off today than it was even in the good old days back in the 90s. Even better than a few years ago. Even better than last year. There has never been a safer, healthier, wealthier, and more comfortable time in all of history than the time we live in. And I know, yes, not everybody's aware of that point. Many are oblivious to the good times we live in despite pandemics, which hopefully many of us seize the opportunity to make the most of. What do they say? Everyone's entitled to his own opinion, but not to their own, to their own facts. So let's look at some facts. Okay. And I'm going to go to a place here now called OurWorldInData.org. You're welcome to check it up yourself. Our World in Data, just go to this website. If you're driving, don't do it right now. This website is, it's, it's a scientific online publication uh, founded about 10 years ago by social historian and development economist Max Roser. And it developed into a research project based at Oxford University. I personally spent some time at Oxford during uh, nearly about 20 years ago. It was fascinating to see the library, study halls, all the other wonderful aspects, and to see students who become hermits, who literally basically ostracize themselves from the rest of society to study whatever topic they dedicate their life to with such commitment. And one of the largest scientific open access publications has been this website, OurWorldInData.org, where they focus on global problems, serious problems that we face, poverty, disease, hunger, climate change, conflict, war. And for each topic, the quality of the data is discussed and sourced. So it really, this website works as a, a database of databases, like what do they call it, a metadatabase. It's it's very interesting. I'm not speaking here about you know how reputable and all that. That's a separate matter. But I believe it's a highly reputable and widely trusted resource. 
it's oftentimes cited in many academic scientific journals. Um, you'll see it in Science, Nature, various publications on these matters. And I want to just, if you go on the website, you'll see so much. But what stands out to me about much of this is that our prophets, I mentioned the prophet Malachi before. Well, Prophet Zechariah's prophecy that poverty will be eliminated when Mashiach, has come, when Mashiach comes. According to data of their website, the percentage of people living in extreme poverty today, and they do a comparison all the way from 1820, it is mind-blowing how the numbers have declined. The world is in a much better place than it was a century, two centuries ago. Now, obviously, if somebody said in 1820 that poverty will be eliminated, I think that such a claim would have sounded like sheer lunacy. Not just then, even more recently in our times. So, today we're blessed to live in a world where the conversation about eliminating, eradicating extreme poverty is real. And it's totally plausible. We live with abundance. We live in total abundance. In 2015, according to this website, extreme poverty is is defined by the World Bank as earning less than $1.90, about 25 rand per day. Now, today, today, even though in this country, I believe that the minimum wage is about 28.90, something like that, it is incomparable. And if you compare it to the past, the global population suffering from extreme poverty has really went from nearly 90% globally. Most people, 90% of the world's population, two centuries ago, were impoverished. And today, it's only 10%. Yes, we have to eliminate that 10% too. But that is totally possible. So many of us live in such abundance. But even if that's not surprising, there are so many advances that we see. The number of people living above extreme poverty continues to grow. Just three decades ago, 1990, there were 1.9 billion people living in extreme poverty. And that number today is less than 700 million. Just think about that. In less than 30 years, there are so much less people who are impoverished. The point I'd like to say is that Indeed, if you just look around, if you just pay attention to the world around you, you will see that the words of our great prophets are materializing. They're becoming reality. We're seeing them before our own eyes. It is for real. The global population in so many ways is becoming more and more. You look at the median income has become, has, is increasing all the time. And 
in days of old, think about it, the prophecy of Yeshayahu, Isaiah the prophet, talks about abundance of food. In days of old, providing food and water for large populations was a tremendous challenge. First, food produced in one area would stay in that area. You know, before we had modern transport like we have today, it was almost impossible to move food from one region to another. And preserving food without refrigeration, the shelf life of many foods is short. Right? Of course it was difficult to alleviate a food shortage in one area by bringing food to another area. It was almost difficult to save food during a time of plenty because it just wasn't possible. But today, we got trucks, trains, planes, you name it. Electricity, refrigerations, so many other modern methods of food preservation. And the ways they cook food today, they have these military food packages. Today, we are living out. I'm really telling you the obvious. But this is it. We live in those better times. If we just take a moment to reflect, to think. We think at Yom HaZikaron now about the atrocities, the persecution, the difficulties that our people have endured, that my parents experienced. And you think today how life has just improved exponentially. Another prophecy of Yeshayahu that there will no longer be um, uh, death, that there will no longer be there will no longer be illness. I recently worked on my dissertation for my master's degree in which I actually explored that. And I'd love to share with you some of my findings. We'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. And welcome back to Soul to Soul Radio 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Rabbi Ari Kiebman. And as director of Chabad Seniors programs, I was doing my master's degree recently. And here are some interesting findings on, I was looking at the world, life, you know, lifespan of people today compared to the past. Now, in the, this is just a very interesting study that I was reading online and various sources just to see the lifespan of people in the past versus today. And it's very interesting. Since 1800, the global average life expectancy has nearly tripled. And since 1900, it has more than doubled. So there's various demographic research and uh, they, they noticed that at the beginning of the 19th century, no country in the world had a life expectancy higher than 40 years. That's right. A century ago, uh, two centuries ago. In 2019, the country with the lowest life expectancy was the Central African Republic with 53 years. Here in South Africa, can't give you the exact offhand, give me my dissertation if you'd like, but it's in the 60s. And in first world countries, it's in the 80s. Just think about that. Just think, you know, the more, another thing that, that comes to mind is the, the same thing for the child mortality rate. Okay, which was once upon a time a very common matter. 
Now, 15,000 children die every day. That's 30,000 parents grieving the loss of their child every day of the year. This is an everyday tragedy of enormous scale. At the same time, incredible progress has been made in this area. We have lifespans increased so exponentially. And why? And in fact, the child, the, uh, the same thing for the, the, the mortality of children. And there are many reasons. Of course, there's less war today. There's not as much violence. We're even in this country where there's plenty of that going on. There's a wider availability of food. But perhaps the most significant reason is advances in medicine. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever witnessed a case of smallpox? If I asked you that question long ago, everyone would have been personally affected by it. How about polio? Same question. I work with senior citizens. This is the question many of them used to face long ago. The fact that we have little or no first-hand experience of these diseases is seriously a testament to the amazing strides that medicine has really advanced so much in these years. And so today, my friends, we have seen how poverty, how food availability, how mortality has all been eliminated well, I shouldn't say eliminated, but certainly dwindled and to a big degree eliminated, nearly 90%. The average human lifespan has nearly tripled today. Child mortality rates have drastically decreased. And this, of course, we attribute to modern medicine. Many diseases that plagued previous generations have been eradicated so significantly. And COVID-19, as more and more people are being vaccinated, we're seeing the world's death rates dropping as well. So I conclude today by asking you, are we living in better times or are we living in worse times? Try to focus on the positive. Try to see the good. And as we commemorate Yom Hazikaron, as we commemorate Yom HaShoah that just was, let's just think, we had a terrible past. But how are we growing not only does Am Yisrael survive, but let us thrive. Wishing you a wonderful day. Have a wonderful, meaningful Shabbos. Carpe diem. Seize every moment. God bless you.